0: Hello, everyone. This is the Evergreen Tree. I am your host, Brandon Lee Lewis. Today's subject is What is the Goal of Government? Let us begin. Let's talk about governments. Most people, when they are asked what is the goal of the government, they will say it is for the people and it's for support of the people. However, this day and age, you cannot be so sure when saying that. Government, for the most part, all over the world has evolved into something else. Now, you can say that that is the case in the United States. But if you look in other countries, that hasn't been the case. As a matter of fact, most governments throughout the world has been established in the uh, alternative sense. They weren't for the people. Most governments all over the world is about keeping a structure. That's really what it's about. Now, in America, however, when this country was first founded, that was not the case. This country was truly for the people. It was truly about preserving the ability for individuals to live and to express their freedom. Can we say that today? Well, let's take a look at it. We're going to extend this look. Beyond American governments, we're going to go all over the map. I'm just going off the top of my head today. No notes. But let's take a look at the beginning. Let's look at our Congress, our legislative branch. We have two sides of it we have the House, we have the Senate the House was elected by the people of the districts in which the representatives came from. The senators at that time was elected by the people of the states. No, I'm just joking. That's not how it happened. And I can see some of you you were probably shaking your head. Yes, that's that's probably how it happened. Of course, it's always been that way. And you just readily agreed with me, didn't you? Admit it. Now, to some of you who got upset with me, I, I can understand, but I was trying to prove a point. But at that time, the Senate was actually selected by the states. Each state, each state government appointed two senators to the Senate and sent them to the seat of federal government to represent the states. So as you see, in the federal government, you have representation for the people and representation for the states. This day and age, little facts such as that is lost. We have lost the philosophy in which this country was founded upon. We have lost the pathway of individual freedom. And as a result, our government has been allowed to change into something that government in general wants to be well what does government no matter where it is no matter who is over it or who works in it what does government wants to be what is his main tendency Its main tendency is to replicate itself. Its main tendency is to grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Take advantage of any situation. No crisis should be left unused. It would use anything, any reasoning to make itself bigger. When you collect all of the interests of the officers and the elected officials inside of government, it sums up to government as a whole wanting to make itself bigger. And also, it adds up to government wanting to survive. Now, if you look at the Declaration of Independence, that is the philosophy like I said of this country. Individual liberty, individual freedom. The deck or should I say the Constitution of the United States was the action arm. Now, I am going to get into another instance a very big instance of how modern Americans have lost track of the real character of their country. When we talk about the Constitution of the United States nowadays, most of us describe that that wonderful piece of government or should I say that wonderful instrument, we think of it as, or we speak of it as laws that govern people. If we read the Constitution of the United States and really look at it carefully, we would obviously see that it is not mostly addressed to the people. It is actually addressed to the government. The reason why it was written like that was because the founding fathers knew that the tendency of government is to get bigger and to make sure it gets bigger and make sure that it survives at any cost. If it has to sacrifice its people to do it, it will do it. And the founding fathers took precaution in the Constitution to make sure that the American people had a chance to keep that from happening. The Constitution was addressed to the government for that very reason. But nowadays, we have lost track of that. Nowadays, most of us do not understand how our government is meant to function And that most people do not understand the structure of our government. Most people walking around today do not even know the three branches of our government. Some don't even know that this government has three branches. let, Let alone naming them. Now, let's look at throughout history and see some instances of government just really the main goal is to replicate itself you can just look at the roman empire and it's very easy to see that the goal of the roman empire was to make itself bigger it wasn't it wasn't for the people now the emperors you have populist emperors starting with julius caesar who wanted the people to like him but that's not his main goal. Most emperors in Rome, especially who were populous, who cared about people liking them, that wasn't the primary directive. Having people liking them was a tool to keep them in power. That's it. They would do whatever it takes to keep the people to like them so that the should I say the fanfare or the fanatics of the people who love their emperor the people loving their emperor so much these people will shelter the emperor and Therefore, he will be protected from his enemies within the higher ranks of Rome. That was just a tactic. Most emperors did not care about the people. And then some of them were more brutally honest about that. You take Nero and Caligula. Commodus. They flat out didn't care and didn't didn't care if they appeared that they did not care about the people because it was about them. And since it was about them, since they were the emperor, then the government itself was about the empire, the government itself. It didn't matter who was the emperor. Soon as one emperor got knocked off, another one got put up there. In Rome, the empire continued to get bigger. It got bigger in landmass, but it also got bigger in terms of its government. It was everywhere. You couldn't do anything without authorization from the government of Rome. Now, granted, they didn't have the type of technology that we had today to where everybody is surveilled. But do a thought experiment. Imagine if they had our type of technology, especially the type of technology that we have coming out, 5G. The kind of surveillance surveillance tools that, that governments today have access to. Can you imagine what Rome would have done with that. It's frightening. Rome was a great place in many regards, but as far as individual liberty, it was not a good place. Now, another example of governments trying to protect its interests is the CCP in China, when the coronavirus arose. When there were reports first coming out of Wuhan in November, the local government in that area underreported, if it reported anything at all. You see, in totalitarian governments, the smaller parts of the government does not want the bigger parts to know that there is something wrong going on in this jurisdiction. Because then the smaller government officials will most likely get in trouble from the bigger government. So, as a result, in Wuhan, the cases of the coronavirus were not being reported. From November all the way until January. Now, there was somewhere in between where the main CCP government became aware of the coronavirus. What did they do? They kept it hidden. Why? Because they did not want to look bad. Number one, in front of the world. And number two. They didn't want the people to think that they weren't on the ball. Especially since the next month you have the Chinese New Year coming. And you don't want to down everybody's holiday. So you just keep it underneath. Keep it underneath the rug there. Hopefully it doesn't get too big. To where we would have to do anything. Besides if we do say something about it. It's just going to make us look bad. and There might be a possibility that. We might be forced to leave our post. And see these are what politicians are thinking individually. But when you sum it all up. All of these sentiments into one basket. It is easy to see the CCP is saying itself that we want or the CCP is saying that I want to stay in power. I want to keep things as they are. It'll be more harder for me to keep things as they are if people get mad at me just because there's a stupid virus that's around. And this virus could. Could stop the Lunar New Year celebrations. It could stop people from traveling and seeing their families. So, what did the CCP do? Nothing. It let people travel within China and outside of China. People were coming in and out of China. That's what the CCP did. In essence, it allowed the virus to spread just so it can keep itself looking good. And like I said earlier, what it looks like, that's not the main issue in terms of what the CCP wants. It just wants to stay in power. And if it can, get bigger. And in most cases, if the people don't like you, you don't stay in power or you could lose control of the status quo and you have a battle on your hands. So the CCP kept it under the waves so that things can continue the way that it always went. We fast forward to January. Now the virus is going all over the world. It could have been stopped if the CCP did its due diligence and actually made sure that the virus stayed where it first came from. But it was too worried about how it looked. And how it looked in front of the people was a strategy in, in ordinance of its tactics The tactic is stay in power, get bigger. So now it's gone all over the place. In just about every place that the virus went, every government did the same thing. Somehow somehow or some way or another that's unique to each particular country, they kept it hidden. Or at least they downplayed it. Take a look at Iran. That was a disaster. Italy. That was a disaster. The United States. There was much tap dancing here in the United States. You know, in some instances, some people would do something. They would act on it. But then on the other side, they will try to downplay it. Without getting too deep into it, everybody had a hand in downplaying it. You had the news, you had the government, you had the federal government, you had the president. Every single one of them, in one way or another, had downplayed it. But I do have to say that President Trump did act on it in this sense when he did not allow flights coming in from China to fly into the into the United States. So in that essence, he did do his job as the top executive of the United States. And international borders, which international flights fit into, is a part of the responsibility of the president. But he had his times when he made light of it as well. Why? Because he has an election coming up. He doesn't want the economy to go down. So he tried to downplay it. Even though we knew that something was terribly wrong, he tried to downplay it. Now, eventually he came around to where he understood that he couldn't downplay it anymore. Now, he wasn't the only one. Our news agencies downplayed it as well. They made it seem like it was just another instance of the flu. Now, if you heard my previous podcast talking about this, the human race should not have been in a position to where they were so severely affected by this virus. We were so severely affected by this virus because most of the general population of mankind is unhealthy. Terribly unhealthy. If you want to know the details and how that happened, go back and listen to that podcast. So if it wasn't for that, then yes, mankind could have easily say, yeah, it's, It'll have the same effect as the flu. That's what it does. Even though it's new, it will infect more people, but more people will be able to fight it off and it won't be as bad. But no government in this planet, on this planet, have any right to say that because most of the populations in each particular country is unhealthy. So things had to have been done. And if you acknowledge that there's a problem, especially when you have things such as elections and main holidays coming up, if you announce that there's a problem as a government, then it makes you look bad. It causes things to destabilize. Governments do not want that because it puts their or it puts its survival in jeopardy. Rather, it's, it's it's the CCP, or the government of Iran, or the government of Italy, or the United States government. They're all the same. And if the founding fathers would have heard me say that, they would have been really sad. Because they established this country to where we in this country would never would say that to where it would be true. But unfortunately, nowadays, that statement is true. This government has turned into what all the other governments around the world has turned into the same type of government that has the same type of goals. Which is its own survival and for it to get bigger. Our government has changed into that. It has changed into that because the American people throughout the ages, from all the way from 1830 and maybe earlier, all the way up till now, we have allowed and called for our government. To become what it is. You see there was a time period. When this this country was first founded. Where people truly understood. That the government. Was not meant to be a centralized. Or centralizing power. The states do not answer to the federal government. The cities and towns do not answer to the federal government. And definitely not the individuals do not answer to the federal government. If that is the case, then, is it, then that would be totally opposite of what the Declaration of Independence is saying. But those people at that time in this country knew that the government was not a centralized government. However, around the 1830s, maybe earlier, there was a Faction arising within the federal government. This faction wanted more centralization. They wanted the states to be more answerable to the federal government and also individuals. Throughout time, that faction got bigger and bigger and bigger and got more sway over the American people through institutions such as schools and then you add entertainment and all other or all other areas now we have people asking for a government to come and protect them that is a vast difference from the people of the time of when this gov- this country was first founded until, and with the people who are around now. There's a vast gulf in what they think the role of government is. If you talk to the people around the revolutionary period, whenever they hear the federal government or Whenever there's talk of the federal government, in the back of their minds they are saying the federal government needs to stay out of our business. But fast forward to now, and through the slow progression of the sentiment of centralization being embedded in our government and in our minds, we fast forward to now. The people are calling For the government to come take care of them. In essence, the people of this country has come full circle. The first people of this country left or rebelled against the king because they did not want a king. And now, in all intents and purposes, the American people is asking for one. They want someone to come take care of them when there's danger instead of being exercising their own ingenuity and figuring it out for themselves. The American people have become weak because they didn't take care of themselves. They didn't study the right things. They didn't honor the things that needed to be honored and cherished. They... They lost understanding of how economics work and what the true nature of money is. We've lost track of all of that. And now we find ourselves generally a a gaggle of helpless victims. Victims who constantly ask for a sovereign to come and save them. And when there is no danger, they still want that sovereign to feed him, wash his little bottom, tuck him into bed at night, tell him a, a nice story to make him feel good. That's the kind of people that Americans have turned into. And with that type of people, there is no block against the true intentions of every type of government, which is to make itself bigger and to make sure it survives. In this instance, the government can say, see, you want me to take care of you, right? So let me get bigger and I can do that better. And every time when it gets bigger, the American people lose more and more of his individual freedom. And this is where we are today. A condition that is, would be mostly unrecognizable to those who lived back in the late, t- late 1700s in this country. It's amazing what we have lost. It's pretty sad. This country used to be the place where everybody could run to to try to have some taste of sovereignty. Can we say that that's the case today? Well, it's not completely lost. There are still some of us who understand that Not all opportunity is lost, even though it is covered up in the color of big government. It is not totally locked down. If enough of us can learn what the original intentions of our government is and starts to exercise that. In our own lives. By being responsible. Then. Maybe. Just maybe. We can roll some of this. Big government. Centralization back. And perhaps. We can have a return. Of the American. Constitutional Republic. I hear some of you saying I could go someplace else. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. There's hardly any other place where you have an opportunity to have individual liberty. If you want to have it, your best chance is to stay here and fix what we have. Now there is another country that has individual liberty and that's Switzerland, but they're very smart because it is very difficult to become a, uh, a citizen of that country. They knew that most people seeing how Switzerland is and how people are free and are able to express individual liberty They knew that most people want to flock over there. So as a consequence, they made it very difficult to become a citizen of Switzerland. So that leaves most of us, that leaves all of us rather in this country to, it's difficult to get over there to Switzerland. So we have to stay here and salvage the original constitutional republic not the democracy but the constitutional republic the ball's in our court we can't blame anybody else yes schools was a tool to where things got to where they are today yes government has elbowed its way into making itself bigger Yes, government was encouraged to get bigger by those who used the government to to uh, make certain instances and businesses to where they can capitalize off of it. But ultimately, all of these things would not have happened if the individual in America had taken responsibility for himself or herself and understood the importance of their freedom, and therefore, by their understanding of all of this, they would have known and exercised that every day one must make themselves available to work or to make themselves better so that individual liberty can continue in this country. So until we all take responsibility for ourselves and understand that it hinges on our own efforts and on our own understanding, until then, this, what we have here now, is going to continue to fall and degradate down Into a totalitarian centralized government. We still have a chance. We have to act now. And this is one of the main reasons why this podcast is around to try to encourage all of us to understand that we still have an opportunity. To change this country around and to actually, for once in the past hundred plus years, experience once again true individual liberty and freedom. Thank you so much. This is the Evergreen Tree.